Hello and welcome to Holiday Moons, where we share our love for the holidays with you year round. <laughs> That's right. Today we have four moons with us. Hi. <laughs> I'm Randy Moon, and I will be talking about the German Christmas markets that we had the opportunity to visit last year. I'm Cole, and I'll be talking about Christmas tree ornaments. I am Sydney, and I will be talking about unique slash seasonal Minnie Mouse ears for your next trip to Disney World. And I'm Beth, and I will be talking about Christmas Day traditions, specifically about the ones we have chosen to do as the kids were raised. Great. And first, we have our holiday happenings. As you may recall, last week we were in Disney all week long, celebrating with them the Christmas season. So... uh, After we podcasted last week, we went to two more things at Disney. We went to the Christmas Tree Trail in Disney Springs. And that was the first time any of us had been through that whole trail. Mm -hmm. And basically, it's at the end of Disney Springs, which again is their kind of open, you know, it's free to get into, but it's their Disney marketplace. And at one end of that, they have a separate trail that has an entrance and an exit. So you can only get into it through those two openings. Mm Um, where you can walk through and look at Christmas trees, and they're probably, I don't know, seven-foot Christmas trees. So the trees were each individually decorated to a theme, right. a Disney-related theme. Like right. they had Peter Pan, they had Mary Poppins. For the most part, it was a movie. Most part, like it was a movie the... or like a character. But sometimes like um, they would have the Haunted Man- like a Haunted Mansion-themed Christmas tree, which was unique. That's right. right. They had a Star Wars themed one. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was towards a particular movie. I think that was just no, no. I was gonna say a movie or a movie like franchise. Yeah, and they had two. I think little littler trees next to them. One with a blue lightsaber and one with a red. Right, and they were like where the star would be, so they yeah. were like projected up from there. Mm-hmm. Right. And they had um, snow falling in different sections. The, snope. the snow falling. <laughs> it's funny because I actually looked up how they make that snow so that it doesn't leave a mark, so it, it uh, looks like snow. So it's it's the first people who don't know who are just tuning in. Snope is the fake snow that Disney puts out over certain parades or yeah, events. events, right? And they blow it out. It's actually soap bubbles, but it looks like snow as it's projected out. They blow right. it out. It's really these, pretty. Um, big machines it melts on contact and doesn't mark your clothes right so i was looking up the ingredients and basically they're all proprietary ingredients oh, so you can't really find yeah. a lot online other than to say it's a soap-like substance so, right and uh, randy knows that because he got it in his mouth once i think yes it is not something that you should try to catch on your tongue yeah. so sydney noticed during the stage show for christmas that Anna actually tried to catch some snow on her tongue in the show. Yeah, the Elsa show. And uh, as a part of it, the the person who played Anna had to stick out her tongue as if to to catch some snow on her tongue. And after Dad said, you know, told us previously that it didn't taste good, I felt... Bad for her? Yeah. <laughs> well, she Dedication was totally to the character. Running I was, around, I admired like, her. <laughs> avoiding the snow rather than actually trying to... <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. And that's the show that's in front of the Dallas yeah. So they had that snow falling over the Disney Christmas tree trail. And the trail was pretty busy when we were there. We wanted to get pictures of the trees, and some of us have pictures in front of the trees. But we noticed that it wasn't so busy that if you didn't wait, you you know, like maybe one or two people, you could get a turn with the tree by itself or with um, you in front of the tree. People were pretty nice about taking turns doing that. So it was fun to go through that trail. The other thing we did on our final day was we went to Magic Kingdom, and just enjoyed the um, 
rides and the Christmas decorations. The atmosphere. The atmosphere there. It's just a great place to enjoy the Christmassy kind of feelings mm-hmm. there. So, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then we had to come home. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> yes. The other thing we did, though, um, we got our Christmas tree on Thursday, the day after we got back. Right. Right. We went to a Christmas tree farm that we had been to previously. Was it last year? Or yes, last year we went as well. And they have Fraser firs that are cut. We like 12 foot or higher Fraser firs because our family room ceiling is a cathedral ceiling. So we have to have a really big tree. Meaning that it's a two-story ceiling. not Right, not like we live in a cathedral. cathedral, yeah. Right. So a... Small tree would be dwarfed in that room, so we need a big tree. And we love Fraser firs. So we went to get our 12 to 14 foot tree, although I don't think we've ever been 14. And they were out. They were out of trees that big. Yeah, for the <laughs> Fraser firs. So this was the Moose Apple Christmas Tree Farm. Correct. North of Berryville, Virginia. That's so it's not super close to us, but a place where they generally have tall Fraser fir Christmas trees. That are pre-cut. And the thing well, that we like about... Oh, Fraser firs are pre-cut. Here. Here. Right here. One of the things that I like about Fraser firs is that their, their needles don't prick you. They don't, and they are very fragrant. They generally have a very pretty shape to them. That's right. Yeah, Although the branches are generally strong enough to hold ornaments. Right? Mm-hmm. So we each like it for different reasons. But, and they're known for their fragrance and their right. small, safe needles. <laughs> So, yes. But we went, and I was a little bit shocked because I was thinking, okay, now what do we do? But Randy jumped right in there and said, we'll take the biggest one you've got. (laughs) So we went and looked for the biggest one they had, and it took a little while, but we found one that was about 10 feet Yeah, it was 10 or 11 feet. Yeah, And and it was really, really fat. Right. It had been netted, and... They cut it open for us and stood it up, so we had to guess what it would look like. Relaxed when it when the branches relaxed, and it is it's really pretty, mm-hmm. but it is shorter and it is fat. Yes, <laughs> it's it a is. fat tree. So we actually ended up putting it on a stand, a stand underneath the Christmas stand made of out of cinder blocks, made out of cinder blocks, so that it would raise the tree higher by about eight inches. The cinder blocks are eight inch cinder blocks, so that gave it a little more height. For that smaller tree, because it really would have looked small otherwise in our, in our room. So. It would have. And I think it did a good job. We finished decorating it last night. I put the lights on. It took me a long time to put lights on because it was so full, it really absorbed the lights. I mean, the more <laughs> lights I put on, I back up and, and look at it. I think it doesn't look like I put any more lights on, but there are a lot of lights on that. It just was so full that... It pretty much absorbed a lot of those strands. That's really funny. (laughs) So we finished up the Christmas tree decorating last night by putting the ornaments on. And we start that process by each putting on an individualized ornament, personalized ornament for us. And they're each a Mickey... Or mini head. Or mini head. So it basically has the ball with two smaller balls kind of shaped like the the Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse head. That we got at Disney World. That we got at Disney World with our name across. Personalized there. Right. So we take turns putting the first ornaments on. I go, then Beth goes, and Sydney goes, and then Cole goes. We take pictures in front of the tree. And then at that point, we just all go into the ornaments and start putting them on randomly. Mm -hmm. And we usually have to have a ladder available to us because the tree's tall. So we, we kind of take turns moving around and 
getting all the ornaments on. And so we finished that up last night. It was very pretty and very fun. And interestingly, another little tidbit, normally I like white lights on trees. The rest of our trees, we have a red and white tree in the kitchen and a blue and silver tree in the dining room and a Mickey Mouse tree in the foyer. And on the other trees, I like to have white lights. But Randy really loves colored lights. So the one place that we have colored lights are... Oh, sorry about that. The two places we have colored lights are on the Mickey Mouse tree in the foyer, as I just looked at it, and the, uh, the, fam- the big tree in the family room. Yes. That's right. Yes. So as Dad previously stated, last week was our wrapping up of our Disney trip during Christmas time at Disney World in Florida. And so while there, during our whole Disney trip, at various times I've received a lot of comments and compliments on various Minnie Mouse ears that I was wearing at the parks. The specific ears that I'm talking about are unique and not necessarily found at the Disney parks. Right, right they're not found at the Disney parks. Yes, so they're, the, the ones that I got a lot of compliments on were not found at the Disney parks. Right. Uh, I'm talking specifically about the Minnie Mouse ears that are in a headband form rather than the Mickey Mouse hats that can fit around your head and that you can personalize with names and right. various things like that. And you have like the that. string underneath the... For the hats. Right. Yeah, for the hats. So these are specifically the headbands. The parks themselves have various types of Mickey Mouse ears that people can wear throughout the Disney park. So do you all remember some Minnie Mouse ears that you saw people wearing at the parks? I saw several Christmas unique ones that the park was selling that were all those like earmuffs they were like fuzzy mm-hmm. earmuff ones that I yeah, remember. Yeah they were cute. They have at, for different holiday parties for Christmas and Halloween they sell these ones that are the headband forms but the ears are almost translucent and they have oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, multiple sets like layers of like candy corn or this for Christmas they had bulbs mm-hmm. in there that would be turned on and they kind of light and Right. They look like they're moving because there's like layers of them. That's all right. Mm-hmm. You can get all kinds of different Minnie Mouse ears. You always think of them as being red with white dots, but they have all kinds of different ones. They have sequined ones, which mm-hmm. I actually have, and that was classic red and black sequins. They have Minnie Mouse ears with blue bows. They have mm-hmm. Minnie Mouse ears with purple bows. They had a plaid bow for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's just lots of different kinds, and people love them. You see them everywhere. That's right. And the ones that Sydney had were a little more elaborate than just color changes. That's right. Right. So I have five. So here, let me me pass around some of the more classic Minnie Mouse ears that I have that I've actually gotten at parks or um, we got at Disney stores online. So, of course, you have the rose gold sequins one. Yep. Very nice. Take that. Um, They have the classic... Black Fuzzy ears black ears with red and white polka dot bow. bow. That's puffy and it looks like there are little pillows in there. It's adorable. <laughs> that's right. And then they have animal print ears. And that's a well. Mickey Mouse ear. That's a Mickey Mouse ears. It does not have a bow on it. And it's like che- yours is like cheetah animal print. Yeah, that's right. That's Sydney right. and I both have one of those. So can I run faster if I if I put this on? <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Probably not. No, <laughs> tell me it does. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go try. The nice thing about these ones that you get from the parks are they're they're made really really well the rose gold one has all these little tiny um 
almost like sequins. They that are, are sequins. Mm-hmm. Broke together. And, you know, just looking at the, how well the craftsmanship is, right? These, mm-hmm. these things are really on there really, really well. Like right. they, they don't flake off like glitter or something like That's that. That's right. No. They don't. And there's no gap. If you look at it, there's barely any gaps within the yeah, sequence. there's not. So I have five. Three are from the Disney World Parks or the Disney Store Online. Um, two are specialized Minnie Mouse ears. And as I went to the parks this trip, for example, with the beautiful rose gold ears, one of the first things that I noticed when I when I got there was the sea of hundreds of women with rose gold ears. <laughs> yeah. Ah. You know, so although it may be unique to have rose gold ears, maybe where like I'm from or whatever, it's not unique at all down at Disney. At Disney World. At Disney right, World. where they sell the rose gold ears. Right, right. right. So, um, and the matching yeah, backpacks, backpacks and shirts and things like yes, that. Yes, they are very good with uh, marketing. Yeah, yeah. Sequin everything. Sequin everything because that, yes. that just makes it better. Yeah. And although, the, you know, they're gorgeous, just ears, they're high of high quality, so they deserve to be worn as much as possible at the parks, or they look good on everyone. Even on Cole? Are you sure? Yeah, like they... <laughs> oh, so pretty. He's wearing the rose gold ones. Do I look... I feel like I look beautiful right now. You yes. do, actually. You, you look, look adorable. adorable. And you yes. look very millennial right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well... But, um, you know, you can have brown hair, black hair, red hair... Blonde hair, straight hair, or in my case, curly hair. It works with all kinds of... It does. Um, yeah. Hair. All hair. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have Red, hair blood, on your hand, Well, it, it would work. Head. I mean, it's just a really pretty... That's right. Really pretty ears. And they're soft inside. They are. So which they, is good. Again, it's of high quality. Right. So, when talking about ears, it's awesome to have... You know, the classic ears, the fun ears that you can get at the parks. But it's also nice to occasionally have, you know, like one or two more unique ears. Maybe for things that really speak to you in right. some way. So in my case, um, I love the holidays and I love the season. What, what else do you that love? That is really um, <laughs> What else do I love? I also <laughs> love Starbucks. In fact, I even have a Starbucks drink on this table with me right now. <laughs> you do? That's right. So A couple people do. <laughs> That's right. So I actually went online. I got one of my unique ears this past Christmas and another unique uh, Minnie Mouse ear for my birthday. I wanted something that spoke, you know, more to me um, that you wouldn't necessarily find being sold in... In fact, you wouldn't find being sold in a Disney park. Like so more representative yes. of your interests. Right, right, right. So what I ended up getting is a fall foliage Minnie Mouse Mickey ears. Now, you call them mini ears. I mean, a lot of people refer to them as Mickey, mm-hmm. but you call them mini because they are, in some way, probably female-focused. Is that fair? Yes. Although, I mean, males can... I've seen males where, where I'm headbands yeah. too. Right. Majority um, that I have seen are, you know, worn by females. Right. Typically, what I usually talk about... Actually, this is more Mickey ears. When I'm talking about mini ears, usually that's in reference to a bow. To having a bow on it. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And I guess I just didn't think about it for this fall one. So it has all these fall flowers on it and little pumpkins and a little Starbucks drink with, if if you can see, um, Ariel on it. Right. So the little Starbucks drink is small enough where it actually fits in the loop of the right ear. That's right. And the ears are wired on this particular yeah, one. Yeah, in this case, the ears are wired. Well, okay. and it's, it, yeah, it, each ear has a grouping. That's right. Right. So one has a big orange flower with a little flower and some 
a little fall thing. And then the other ear has the Starbucks cup with mm-hmm. the pumpkin and the little berries and the white, well, the off-white. That's right. The off-white little flowers flower. in and it. In the Starbucks cup at yes. the top are some white flowers with... They're tinted a little bit, and it reminds you of the foam mm-hmm. with some cinnamon exactly. sprinkles on top. Absolutely. So I actually got a lot of compliments on this. I was um, wearing, happened to be wearing a white shirt. I wore this at Epcot. I received a lot of compliments of Epcot. That's what I, th- I really remember. I think remember. you wore it at Animal Kingdom one day. I was thinking because, that, too. Maybe, because yeah. I remember somebody asking where you got it in the line to the dinosaur ride. A lot of people commented on this. We went to see Father Christmas in Britain. Um, in the United Kingdom portion of Epcot, he commented on this. <laughs> that um, was the person that did the speech, the, the Father, Father Christmas, Christmas yeah. himself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I remember talked that. about um, earlier. A lot of people stopped to ask me where I got this from. Some people in the stores, I see, kind of like Mom was saying, it's kind of like a scene in each ear. So I see their eyes go from one ear to another because you <laughs> kind of have to take in the whole thing. Right. I found both of mine on Etsy.com. I love fall. The fall is my favorite season. So that's why I love these ears a lot. The interesting thing is they did an amazing job of making them really pretty on both sides. That's right. Yeah, so if somebody saw your ears and you kept walking and they turned around to look at them again, they were going to still see, because they Mm -hmm. decorate both sides, they're Mm -hmm. still going to see a really pretty set of ears. So the other unique ear that I got, it was given to me by my grandparents, and... It has Starbucks covering both ears. So it's like, a, right, it's like a soft, full ear on mm-hmm. each side of the headband. Right, versus the, the wire. And it has a black bow. So this is what I would call a mini, mini mouse ears. It's right. a ba- black bow that has some... It has glitter on it. It but has glitter on it, but the glitter doesn't come off. I don't know how they do that. Yeah. But it ha- it's a green and black and white Starbucks ears, so they're just striking. I mean, it's just beautiful. It is. And it's a lot of fun to take Starbucks pictures at Disney with these ears on. <laughs> That's right. With your yeah. Starbucks cup. <laughs> right. With my Starbucks cup. Again, and you got a lot of questions there, too. Yes. We were at... Animal Kingdom. We were at Yak and Yeti mm-hmm. when the, one of the waitresses came over and said, excuse me, I love your ears. Where did you get those? <laughs> yeah, so I, I have received a lot of comments on these. It's a lot of fun to wear them because you won't see anybody else wearing them in the park. Do you remember how much each of those cost about? Yeah, so something I will say about my little segment is um, I'll be talking more about the uniqueness of these ears and how you can find ears that speak to you versus like getting a bargain right, right. bargain price so okay. that that just to specify that up front right and um, how much are the regular ears in comparison do you remember regular ears at disney world the Minnie mouse headbands are about 28 dollars. the starbucks mini mouse ears again this is the cloth on the ears from etsy from etsy are around 22 dollars. so comparable yeah yeah and but that doesn't include shipping, right? And the fall seasonal ears are about forty-five dollars. How did they describe it here? They describe the fall ears as the pumpkin spice latte mini ears. There you go. <laughs> Sounds fun too. Uh, yes. <laughs> so I do have a few tips, or even just things that I personally look for when I'm looking for some Minnie Mouse ears from Etsy. Quality is extremely important to me. I'll be. Wearing them all day, showing them in those itty bitty, you know, little compartments, compartments rides, right? Yeah. That go very fast. They always make you take them off for right. roller coasters and other. So they have rides. to be able to withstand right. that. So typically, I look for 
people who make these ears on Etsy who have great reviews from typically over 100 people. So, for instance, the Starbucks Minnie Mouse ears, the, the person who made it has around, like, over 300 people commenting. Has, like, five stars. Excellent. Typically. And um, the other person had over 600 reviews and four to five stars. Yeah. And obviously they make several different types as yes, well. Yes, they so make many different types. So you know that they These are just two. They've right. probably learned a lot of things mm-hmm. along the way. In fact, those are... The people who made these are two different people. So I did not get this from the same person. And is it fair to say that if somebody is looking for these on Etsy or Mm -hmm. Pinterest or wherever, that there's a lot of different types, a lot of different interests, so that they could probably find something that's unique for them as well? Absolutely. So you can go online, just type in keywords that you're looking for and continue to search. They make a lot of really great ears. What I like about these ears also is that it has a soft inside, both do, which is comparable to the Disney ears. Which also have the soft insides. Yes. Yes. And something that you will also notice at the ears that are bought at Disney is the padding. Right? Disney usually has good padding in the ears themselves. And in the headbands. And in the headbands. They're they're great products. So what I usually look for if the Disney ears have padding, not too big, not too small. I also get really picky with where the ears are located on the headband if they're too far apart or too (laughs) too close together. Because there are so many options on Etsy, you can get as picky as you want. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because yours really do closely match the distance on a standard Mickey or Minnie ear from the parks. Right, right. And that's something that's very important to me. When packing your ears, make sure that they're not on the bottom of the suitcase. Make sure to cushion them between soft things. Make sure that they won't be squished. And when planning on wearing your ears at the park, what color are your ears? Maybe pick a color that's similar to what's on your ears to wear. Or, you know, have a plain black or white shirts that will help turn the focus to your ears to emphasize them. Definitely check out Etsy.com for any fun, seasonal, and unique Minnie Mouse ears or Mickey ears that you won't find anywhere else at the Disney parks. And that's personalized towards you. Awesome. Great. Thank you, Sydney. Last year, uh, December 2017, Beth and I had the opportunity to go on a Viking River cruise in Germany. This was really a dream vacation for us with a focus on visiting the German Christmas markets, also called Christ Kindle markets, meaning Christ Child markets. First, I just want to give a little bit of background on the markets before we talk about what's typically in the markets. So before they were called Christmas markets, they were called winter markets, and they were held in Europe during the late Middle Ages. I didn't realize they were around that long. That they go that far back. Yeah. yeah. That is impressive. They usually just took place over a few days at the time. And the markets were a chance for people to come together to buy food and crafts, especially uh, to stock up for things for the long, cold winter ahead. And even though the markets weren't specifically Christmas markets, people would purchase wood carvings and toys and seasonal baked goods and meats. The first German Christmas markets date back to the late 1200s or early 1300s. Vienna, Austria held the first known December market, which would become a Christmas market in 1298. And it's believed that the Christmas market spread north from there. Early markets might not have been considered Christmas markets, but just an extra market day in December. But these were definitely the predecessor for the Christmas markets. So Christmas markets became popular back in the 1500s when Martin Luther started a new custom for the Christmas season in Germany. Before the 1530s, gifts were exchanged on December 6th, which is the Saint Day for Saint Nicholas, or on Saint Martin's Day, November 11th. 
But in 1531, Martin Luther wanted to take the focus away from the saints and onto Christ himself. So instead of the gifts from St. Nicholas, his children got their gifts on December 24th from the Christkindle or the Christ child. And then from there, the practice spread and many of the Christmas markets began calling themselves Christkindle markets or Christ child markets. Traditionally, for Christmas markets today, they're held in a town square of some sort. The market has food, drinks, seasonal items from open air stalls, accompanied by traditional singing and dancing. On the opening night at the Chris Kindle markets in Nuremberg or in, and in some other towns, onlookers welcome the Christ kind, which is originally the boy Jesus, but is often depicted as an angel-like girl who's acted out by a local child. That's interesting. So we didn't really know. We kind of knew what, what Christmas markets were like from the pictures. And it's basically a area within the town. And often it is multiple areas in the town that have rows of little open air stalls that are connected to each other. Or some of them are bigger stalls. They're kind of standalone stalls. And they're all temporary stalls. But often in one area they look the same. The same color scheme. Right. Um, the, the same direction. I think the bigger towns do a really good job of keeping that decorating theme throughout. Right. Like the one, we the first one we visited was Nuremberg. And we didn't know this until somebody told us that it, this was like one of the biggest we were going to ever visit on this trip. So it had some stalls. It had garlands i think it had lights it had a lot of things so the expectation from the first one was pretty high but the other ones were really awesome and quaint and right and so great too you guys were on a river cruise so were these all these were all river towns that these you were sort of the, the towns at. we went to were yeah. all along the rivers <laughs> that's right uh, the two rivers that we took the cruise on but other major towns across Germany. Most towns, in fact, have some sort of So they are market. river markets. These Chris Kindle markets are spread across Germany. That's right. 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 Viking cruises have made certain ones their stops. So these will get a lot of international visitors right. because they're going on the cruises. We went with some friends, the Andersons. So the four of us got to experience all kinds of different ones. Along that route, which a lot of other people were going to take at different times throughout, I guess it's December. And I think the cruises go through November also. I'm not sure how many months they do these. Do you? So the Christmas markets run from mid to late November. Most of them start later in November and go through Christmas Eve. Okay. The Viking River Cruises stopped just a couple days before Christmas, if you recall. We were on the, the last Viking cruise for the end of the year, which took us to the, I think, the 22nd of December. Well, we are on the very last cruise of that calendar year. Some other things that are popular in the markets themselves are a nativity scene. They usually have like a major nativity scene somewhere in the market. Going into our trip, we noticed a lot of these prune people. That were supposedly big sellers or big gift items in Germany at these Christmas markets, and they were there were a lot of them at the Nuremberg Christmas market. I guess they're a little more known for them than other places. But we declined from purchasing <laughs> so, any prune so people. What were these? So they were people about maybe six to eight inches tall that were made out of like the head would be out of a um, walnut. walnut. 
and they had arms that were maybe connected together. They were prune like kind of lumps, and then they had clothing on them. They were literally uh, prunes. Yeah, and they had clothing <laughs> on them, like a, like pretty elaborate little clothes that fit them perfectly. And there were different kinds of people with different like they had hats, or there were there were women, there were men, different I mean, roles like a baker, yes, right? Or... Like townspeople kind of roles. Yeah. And when we say stalls, the stalls were probably ten to twelve feet long. And right. so these prune people stalls would have maybe six risers of them across the whole stall. So these were there were hundreds of these prune people. So that must have been a popular thing in Germany. I didn't see a lot of people actually buying them, <laughs> but there were maybe a lot of them. It was more fun to put them together than it was. Maybe. So. Or maybe the morning people bought them because we always went to the Christmas markets in the afternoon. That's right. Right. <laughs> right. And um, the other thing at Christmas markets, you can buy a lot of the typical German-related items. As we mentioned in one of the other podcasts, Germany is one of the big exporters of Christmas traditions. <laughs> we get a lot of our traditions from them, and you can really see that playing out in these Christmas markets. As far as the the candies, the the nuts that are available, Christmas cookies. That's the German gingerbread. Right. We talked about the gingerbread being a little bit different than our gingerbread. Right. The one we specifically encountered was Lebkuchen, I believe. And it was, they call it a soft form of gingerbread, but it was very different as far as it its was. taste goes. And the texture. And the but texture. it was really neat. I was trying to figure out at one point what these huge round things were that they had some puffiness to them. Right. But not a lot. And they were just everywhere. And I was like, what is that? And finally, it, we found out it was the German gingerbread. It was really good. It was just different, but right. really good. The other thing that they have at these markets, in addition to the um, the goodies and the and toys, homemade toys, homemade crafts, is they have some sort of food usually uh, oriented around that town. So in Nuremberg, they served these little rolls that they called three-in-ones. And it basically was three small sausages that they put on one single bun and you ate together. So Were they different kinds of sausages? No, they were all, all the, the same. All the same, just three small sausages lined up next to each other, like laying on down next to each other on the bun. Yes, and there, there's good. actually some story about the size of the sausages. They were small enough to fit through the keyhole during times of plagues. Like if the, So if the family was quarantined to their house, you could actually slide a sausage through the keyhole <laughs> to fit in. So each of the towns basically had something that was they were known for. Mm-hmm. And Nuremberg being the first one we went to was known for their three-in-one sausage sandwiches. And they, they were very good. I was surprised how good the sausage and the bratwurst were in Germany. They were. I tend to not love sausage because it tends to be spicy and I just don't like that taste. But in Germany, every sausage I had was delicious. It wasn't the same. It didn't have that same spiciness. It was just really this amazing sausage. The other thing that each place had was something that's called glue wine. Right? Yes. <laughs> Which was basically a, a little alcoholic a drink that was kind of a drink stronger than regular wine and it was warm it was served warm and you could buy a unique cup for you each could. town that you went to with their glue wine in it so they um, each had a slightly different glue wine yes yeah, it was made differently and then it was served in a cup like a little glass cup that was unique to their town right and it was i mean it was a glass cup you got our friend Eric, did he have it just one place or did he, did he have it he had several? I think he had it a couple times. I think so too. So you get these little glass 
cups that you drink it in. It's, he said it was good. Yeah, he, he liked it. And it was cold there when we were it there. It was so cold. Uh, we had gotten some pretty warm clothes because we knew it was going to be cold. But I imagine that the glue wine helps on a cold day <laughs> yes. to, to not feel all that coldness. And so, they did have other sausages too. They had like basic sausages in addition to... right the specialized ones. And as we mentioned, we went on a Viking cruise. So our mornings generally had a tour of the town of some sort. A uh, local tour a local, a local tour, tour guide. Local tour guide that took us through the town, talked to us about the town in general. And then the afternoon there may be another tour or you could go to the Christmas markets. So we tended to go to the Christmas markets in the afternoon Towards the evening. Right. So often we were there when they got dark. And it would get dark around 5.30 or so at night, which was just beautiful. And all the towns we went to, we went to big towns like Nuremberg, Frankfurt, Cologne. And then we went to a number of smaller towns, um, Bamberg, Wurzburg, Wertheim. And every town, every place we went was decked out for Christmas. They had Christmas trees, many places, all decorated. Um, they had... Uh, the lights down the streets on either side. So Germany really enjoys Christmas, which was extra fun yeah, um, really along cool. the way. And they have unique artisans in the different towns. And the one could, had a glass blower that was amazing. Right. It helped. I think it helped us to have a tour because yes. we kind of understood the, the town a little bit more. And you could appreciate it. Right. You could appreciate different aspects. And you got to see different parts of the town right. that if you just went to the Christmas market, you would miss. Right. Completely. And Viking did a great job with that. And right. the friends that we went with are were all different personalities. And we all loved this cruise. <laughs> I guess it is. Viking River Cruise. Right. And when you look at the different places you can go, it is funny. It reminds me, remember how in Scotland, every fish and chip place was like the, the best <laughs> yes. in the in all of Scotland, like yes. it won awards, it was the right. best one, right? It was a, it was like the best tasting award for best tasting fish and yeah. chips or something like I that. I think ironically, the place that we enjoyed fish and chips the most did not have one of those signs. Yeah, so, yes. yeah I think you're right. Yeah. I think it was in the Highlands. It was in the Highlands. We had great fish and chips at, think... at a little restaurant because it wasn't a fish and chips place, no. but we'd all gotten fish and chips there. And I think that was yeah. the best place that we got. So these little Christmas markets remind me of that in the sense that they're all the oldest. <laughs> like this so is funny. the old, oldest one or one of the oldest ones in Germany. <laughs> As if that makes it better somehow, right? right because right. you you have these traditions dating back to the 1300s, and that makes us one of the better ones. So, well, I will say though, we yes. were in a town that had 13 generations that had been bakers. Yes, and they there was one son that was Bamberg, and there was one son, and they were like people that we were talking to were hoping that he would continue the tradition, <laughs> right? To make so it, 14. it was, yeah, so it was just, it was very interesting. So the other two big places we went were Frankfurt. Uh, that one dates back, or at least first mentioned in 1393. So pretty old as well. And then Cologne, which was one of the um, big markets that's pretty close to the Gothic Cathedral, which is one of those big, renowned UNESCO um, World Heritage Sites. It's incredible. It's yeah. huge. So they all have markets. And, and each of the bigger markets, they have you know anywhere between 100 to 200 of these stands. There's often live music playing. One place had actually like a little kid fair area, like with a merry-go-round and some little kind of games. So some of them were pretty big along the way, too. So... That were um, they were the big areas, not yep. the little towns. That's right. And as I mentioned before, the bigger towns often had 
a multiple markets, uh, Christmas market right. sites that you could go to. Cologne, for instance, had an Angel's Christmas market, then an Old Market Christmas, and a Harbor Christmas market. And we went to the Harbor Christmas market, which is connected to or um, right next to the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yes, So we, we did. also go th- got the tour of the Chocolate Factory Fun. as we walked by the, the Christmas chocolate market. Factory. chocolate factory. That was all a lot of fun. So if you ever have a chance to do a German Christmas trip, you know, I know there's lots of different ways you can do that. But the way we did it with the Viking Cruise Line worked really well for us. We um, loved it. Eric and Trish loved it. We all had a great time. Yep. And the and the Christmas markets in Christmas time, Germany in Christmas time is a great place to celebrate the it's holiday. It's amazing. And at the markets, we, of course, did... Buy, buy a few things. <laughs> a few things. <laughs> a few things. <laughs> yes. We, the, you know, some of the unique gifts we bought. We got Cole a leather-bound, leather-bound notebook. And a hand-blown calligraphy pen. Right. We bought a number of the gingerbread-like <laughs> substances of the chocolates we bought. And then we bought several ornaments, which we were able to put up on the tree this year. That's true. Yeah. And we have an interesting mishmash of ornaments on our tree. And this is the family tree. In right, the this family is the big room. family tree. And it's definitely the season for Christmas trees. I mean, in the U.S. at least, everywhere that you go, you just you can't get away from them. Not They're, that you want to. Not that you want to. In any populated area, but you can't go uh, without seeing one on a street corner or on a poster or in a store or in front of a store or anything like that. I mean, there's an entire industry that's built around growing them all year and then right. selling them at Christmas time. Um, and I know a lot of people are buying more artificial trees nowadays. But I think a lot of people, a lot of people that I've seen will do one in one where they kind of do the buying of re- one real tree and then having one artificial tree if they're really into the Christmas season. Um, and a lot of people decorate their trees in different ways. So I think one of the most important things to keep in mind when you're decorating your tree is to sort of figure out what its purpose is. Because there are so many different kinds of ornaments and lights that sort of have different purposes for your trees. And I think you can sort of split your ornaments into probably three different categories. I think there's the homemade ornaments and these are sort of what you think of like Made out of pipe cleaners or... So sweet. Like a wooden snowflake that's got your picture glued onto it or... <laughs> I love um, those. <laughs> or like those those paper garlands or strands or, yep. you know, that people wrap around their tree. And I think then in the second category, there's sort of the, the novelty ornaments. Love those. The ones that you... <laughs> he does. I think we probably have more novelty ornaments than I think so, any too. other type. <laughs> right. Um, but those are what you get from Hallmark stores or Walmart or Target Disney. or Disney or any any of those big places that sell ornaments. And they're right. going to be a little, obviously, a little better made than the homemade ornaments. Right, right. Yeah, I think a lot of ours came from Disney or from Hallmark. Yeah. Yeah, and those, those will range from, like, the old kind of classic Santas to something like Star Trek or the Muppets or... Right, right. Um, yeah, Barbie. Or Barbie. Yeah. Yes. Or a football player or something right. like that. Right. Uh, so you could probably put those into two different categories, but since they're all sort of Novelty. come from the right. same place. Character oriented. Right, they're character oriented. Yeah. And I think the third category is sort of what I think of as like the glass ornaments. They're not all glass ornaments, but what you think of as like the solid colors, like silvers, gold. Like classy kind of ornaments. Classy, or? right. I wrote down 
tasteful ornaments. I know that kind of gives a negative connotation to the to other times, but that's what I think of. When, Maybe they're when fancy ornaments, like nicer ornaments, but like colored balls and so they're like color um, coordinated right. trees or like icicles or things like that or right. things that like the to help fill the tree right <laughs> yeah you could look at them as filler <laughs> that's that's true speaking of negative connotations <laughs> um, but we have like glass birds that we put on the trees they don't they don't all have to be like solid balls but they're obviously nicer looking right order so you could end up with a tree that's got like that like a bunch of or the handmade ornaments, but like I think of the classier ones you're talking about, like hotels or right, hotels. churches or like companies often do like a classy looking tree that is all themed, color consistent, right. theme consistent. Is doesn't have the other two types of ornaments on it. Right, only right. has those those. Like it, shapes are it'd be funny you know. to see a hotel have like all homemade, <laughs> homemade ornaments. Some restaurants actually do that. They yes. have they have kids co- that come into the restaurant stuff for them to make ornaments, and those are always kind of fun. That's more mm-hmm. of a small town kind of thing, though. They're right. adorable, but you're thinking like my silver and blue tree, right? Which is lovely, or my red and white tree, which That's is right. lovely. Although your red and white one has a little bit of the. It yeah. has some whimsical things on it, too. Whimsical things on it. <laughs> yeah, so it the does. The blue and white does not. The blue and white does not. The, the blue, Disney the one. silver and blue. So we have the Disney tree, which you know, has kind of the... the it's kind of... It's character-focused character completely. I, I think the Disney tree kind of has... And, and here's the thing. Usually in these three categories, I think two usually end up working together. Yeah, they can. Like, you usually... It's a pretty good idea to just pick two to put together. If you can make all three of these categories work together... You're that's, amazing. That's great. <laughs> um, but like our Disney tree has sort of that mix of novelty ornaments and also classy filler. Classy <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Sydney, Sydney would say. But again, they're Disney classy because right. they're the Disney But ball. they're stars. They're Disney and... balls, but they're like gold stars yeah. and yeah. silver bulbs and, and things like that. And I think, I think the big thing is to figure out sort of what works for the environment that the tree is in. Yeah. Because if it's in, like, a family room where you've got a bunch of... If you have young kids and you already have a bunch of homemade... I'm not going to say crappy little pots and stuff, <laughs> but, you know... But you've They're got, like, sweet. pictures of your family and stuff, then having homemade ornaments on your tree is probably fun, especially if you right. do have younger children. Then so they probably, can put them on and off. Right, homemade right. ornaments... And maybe some novelty ornaments would be nice right. on a tree like that. But if it's in, if it's something that's in your foyer, maybe sort of going more for the classy kind of ornaments would be a little nicer. And that's actually a good point. We usually had a tree or a section of a big tree where the kids could take the ornaments on and off when they right. were younger. Yep. Uh, because they were homemade things that were a little right. uh, easier to handle. Or plastic novelty. Or plastic things novelty. Things that wouldn't break. That's right. But that they would get excited about. Yeah, and they could rearrange on the tree constantly. Right. right? right. It wasn't just a one-time event that don't touch it anymore. Right. They could move things around. That was a lot of fun for the kids when they were right. little. Yeah. And honestly speaking, it's going to happen anyway, so... <laughs> If you have animals, then, you know. Help facilitate it. Yeah. By the way. Versus fight it. I often talk about one of our cats, Onyx, is trying to kill me with a Christmas ornament. <laughs> she was not. From the, from the second floor, um, she hit it down, missed, barely missed in, in me. So, Dan, Randy and, was in the foyer, and this is from an overlook on the second floor that we have a tree. Yeah, we have a, a tree against a banister. Against there. a yeah. banister. And a ball dropped next to me. And a glass burst, ball. And burst. At and his I looked feet. up, 
And there was Onyx sticking her head out from the <laughs> between little... Between the Between the slats, looking down at me like, oh, missed. <laughs> well, this morning, I came down and there was another ornament, a red ornament, broken on the bottom. Um, and that was probably, I don't know, three years ago, four years ago. That but she that did happened. the first one? This morning, there was another one that she had knocked down at the bottom, broken into pieces. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure you know stop. it was her. We need to stop putting glass ornaments <laughs> on that tree upstairs because Onyx clearly finds them. Yes, and Onyx is our black fluffy cat. And she delights the, clearly in knocking glass yes, balls off of the She's trying to kill me. She is the quietest of all our cats and thus the sneakiest. Which is debatable. <laughs> yes. Depends on who you are. Yeah. But for the most part, our cats don't really bug our Our cats things. don't, no. They but don't. Many other cats we've heard of. Do their yeah, they'll climb through tree, uh, like up through trees right. and all of that. Yeah. I've even seen so. pictures on Facebook already. Yeah, of cats and trees. I'm really glad we've had three cats, indoor cats. None of them climb our trees, and they generally sleep under the trees. They Onyx do. always does, and the other two sometimes do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ember sleeps under it or messes it up. <laughs> this is the tree scare. Um, and I will say that um, a lot of stores now have really pretty plastic. They do. Non-breakable ornaments. Yes. Shatterproof. Shatterproof. Yes, yes, that's the word I was looking for. And um, they're very useful. (laughs) They are. So what I'd say is figure out what works for the environment that your tree is in and mix and match. You know, something might not work one year and you can figure that out and try something different the next year. It doesn't have to always be the same. And just make sure that you have fun with it and don't try to do... Don't try to make everything work at right. once. Flexibility is key. Right. Right. So we always really enjoy our Christmas trees. Yeah, and setting them up and That's just right. enjoying looking at them. That's so. right. Mm-hmm. Throughout the throughout the season. That's right. On Christmas morning, Santa Claus brings gifts and we bring gifts and put them under the tree, the live tree in the family room. Right. That's, That's the right. big one. Or the... Uh, Full one this year. This year, it's the dense one. Yeah, but it's usually the center of focus for us. It is. That is right. And we spend most of our time in the family room. Right. So on Christmas Day, our gifts are under that tree. Family traditions are important to me and I think to our family. They take times that are special and over years in my, and this may seem a little much, but it makes them magical. (laughs) It does. (laughs) I they, love they can them. Be magical. <laughs> so children often don't appreciate traditions as they're growing up so much because they're busy, you know, growing up and being in the moment. But they're creating memories that will last a lifetime. Now Randy and I talked about and decided on our family traditions for Christmas Day when the kids were little, knowing that we were not going to be rigid. This is family fun, not meant to be anxiety-provoking. So it is. But sometimes if you think, oh, I have to do this tradition, that it can become goal-oriented instead of process-oriented. I I think there were a couple years there that movies were sort of that way with us. Like we were thinking like, oh, we have to watch these holiday movies because we've always watched them. Right. I think there were a couple years during our teenage years or like that before we sort of you know figured out like oh we'll do what we want to do kind of right and we don't all ha- we don't all have to watch all of them together right which is a little bit sad but that's reality <laughs> as the yep. kids grow up 
So I'm going to share the Christmas family traditions that we have landed on. And again, I stress remaining fluid even as the years go by. We decided to have the gifts under the tree grouped according to person. So each person (laughs) under the tree, the wrapped gifts, each person will have a pile under there. And we've talked about this in the past. This was a... Something that you enjoyed. It was. This is, this is something that I grew up with. Right. And it was always so fun to come down the steps and run over to the tree and see your pile of gifts. Right. So that was just something. This actually is something so, from my childhood, unlike was this last not week. Something, was this not something that you had, Dad? Was it all mixed together? Yes. Yeah, so when I was growing up with six of us kids plus mom and dad, all those presents were just mixed together underneath the tree by name tag so you know you could find your gifts but you had no idea going in how which gifts were yours when you know we were allowed to come down to look at the tree but we couldn't touch any of the presents until mom and dad came down so all you could do is kind of get close you know (laughs) your nose almost touching a gift and then look at the tags to see which ones were yours and some of them you couldn't quite see your name but you weren't allowed to touch so you um, would get as close as you could kind of Leaning over under the tree, trying to peek around to see if they were yours. So to me, the fun was not knowing. That's so funny. Yes, and ours are tagged. They're just tagged in Together. <laughs> <laughs> so even though it was really fun for both of us in these different ways, we landed on grouping the gifts. Another thing that we realized was that Santa doesn't wrap gifts. So Santa Not brings... for our household. It, no. they, exactly. So... Was, was this like a split-second decision when you had a bunch of unwrapped gifts? That <laughs> Must have been Santa! <laughs> no. Santa's unwrapped gifts. <laughs> no, these were all from Santa because Santa's name was on the tag. That's exactly the... right. They were tagged from Santa. Right. None of the things in the stockings are wrapped for the most part because they're from Santa. And then there are different things out that are from Santa also, um, usually, usually on the hearth. Usually on the hearth, yeah. So our morning begins at the top of the steps where Randy reads the birth of Jesus from the Bible. Now, we never woke the kids early. We did Nor did our kids ever wake up early for <laughs> yeah. Christmas, which they is didn't. very it's different than me. So different. <laughs> I couldn't wait, when although my brother kid, was crazy. the earliest I got up was probably 3.30 in the morning. Okay, wow. that is like really early. Yes. No wonder your parents were but again, the steps. <laughs> I could get up that early and, and I look. could look at what was sticking out the top of the stocking and I could look at the tags but I could not touch anything. So what I was really hoping to accomplish at 3.30 is not clear to me now <laughs> as a much older adult. Yeah. But actually, that kind of um, does go into our traditions, right? I do remember um, we would get up like to go to the bathroom or whatever, and I would see or try to see because at the time I didn't. My memory was um, before I had glasses, so <laughs> it was a bit blurry. Woo! But, um, you know, it was very fun to see the dark Christmas tree and look at all the gifts. All and, the right. um, blurred gifts. All the blurred <laughs> <laughs> That's just sad. And then, um, you know, Christmas morning, we would always stand at the banister and look down. Yes, you can see that. Right. But no, like, I don't think me, I don't know how you felt, Cole, but I, I just, I like my sleep. <laughs> oh, sure you both do. Yes. <laughs> I... There wasn't a whole lot of point to spending a lot of time looking out. Well, and it was it was <laughs> different personality. It was yeah. dark. It was so dark. you couldn't see much. 
But I would come out at some points when it was dark. Yeah. And look fun. down the banister. Yeah, right. look at the stocky, look at the lumps in it, and right. it's like... Oh, I could fun. see more than you could. <laughs> so <laughs> you could see actual fun. things. Not it was, needing it glasses. It was exciting for me to see things. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't just colors. <laughs> or blurs. Um, yes, I but I, do, I remember doing that a little bit when I was young. But yeah. I didn't stay up. Yeah, me neither. Because, like, again, like we couldn't go even go downstairs. Like, Dad right. mentioned going downstairs and looking at the guests. We weren't even allowed to do that. No. Yeah. No. And we were very obedient kids. Right. So, Had I known how laid back you guys were about Christmas, I probably wouldn't have instituted that rule either, that you couldn't go downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because it would have been just fine for you right, to go Right, right. You guys would have been up by that Well, I, I think one of the things about not going downstairs was because there were unwrapped gifts. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly that's right. right. Yeah. From Santa. And so they were not early risers. I had a brother that would wake us all up at... Ridiculously early hours, not three thirty. <laughs> I don't think mom and dad would have allowed that. Probably more like five thirty or six. But he would come and jump on everybody's bed and yell, "Ho ho came, ho ho came!" <laughs> and this was when he was in his twenties. <laughs> he just loves Christmas. No, that's not true. But he loved it, and his excitement Christmas morning was contagious. So we start at the top of the steps by reading "Birth of Jesus" from the Bible. Randy does the reading, then. We go downstairs and pass out the stockings, Mm -hmm. and we open our stockings and see what we got and what everybody else got. It it has been interesting seeing the evolution of how people get their stockings. Yes. And open their stockings, right? And by open, I mean like pulling things out. Yeah. So so by... um, I know what you're going to say. I know. I was going to say the same thing. was younger... He would turn his stocking upside down. Literally. Basically dump everything out. Yes. He would literally dump everything on the floor and go it was, through it. It was the best yes. way to see what loot. Right. You got. There you go. Right. But and as a result, mom and dad could never put like anything like super delicate no. in the stocking. Right. But he was when he was younger, we didn't anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was really cute. I mean, I looked forward to watching him <laughs> yeah. do that yeah. because it was so adorable. He had no clue, Versus I think, that we enjoyed it so it, much. Sydney? I took one at a time, <laughs> looked at it closely, and then put it to the side. Yes. So you see, it saw the two different personalities. Although now you don't, you don't dump your stocking out. No, it's been a solid, definitely well, very many one. years. Very, it's been like, many years. I want to say one. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a solid year. <laughs> <laughs> no, over a decade. It definitely. has been. But it was I, I sad when you stopped. I close to 15 years. It I wasn't remember, 15. Um, I remember the cats coming over and like you had your stuff dumped out and they were yeah. checking it out. And, yeah, the cats would come yeah. over and look at it. But it was fun it. as a little kid where right. you could be just be like, whoa, look at all of this stuff. Yeah. Right. It's so yeah. cool. It's so fun. It was adorable. Mm-hmm. So, And the other thing about stockings is that you know because we want to keep the room relatively clean, especially now that we're adults, right. you, know, you got to put the stuff back into the stocking. So right. it's always hilarious to me so. to see the the inability of other people to put things back into the stocking. Right. Well, because you're an engineer, you get that stuff in there in ways that nobody else can, and it's sticking out the top. Well, and you've also got more time to do it. Right. So after I'm putting the stuff back in, it's easy for me. Like to because think you, like yeah. to think like Santa Claus and how he spatially put that in there, but not as easy for the rest of not us. Not as right. easy as the rest of you, right? So after we do that, we tend to look at what Santa brought. So we just yes. take a little time. We put everything back in the stockings mm-hmm. <clears throat> as much as we're able, mm-hmm. and then go look and see what else Santa brought us. We kind of do that at the top of the banister too, because yeah. I remember yes, yeah, several years we got like um, sleds from Santa, right? right. And, and, and some it, bigger it, things you could see. A yeah. lot of times, like because 
This is something that we do even now. Uh-huh. But I think it's a little different because, for the most part, it's stuff for the whole family. Sometimes it is, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Like that's movies, not just left unwrapped. Right. Games. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. At this point, Cindy and I usually make some hot tea. <laughs> <laughs> or cocoa. <laughs> or cocoa. And sometimes I have sticky buns there. So, at this point, Cindy and I usually need a hot beverage. Yeah. Possibly a sticky bun. Depends on the year. <laughs> yeah. And then we take turns playing Santa. So what does that mean? That's Tell us a about really, Santa. That's a really fun thing to play. The first person playing Santa finds a gift for each of us. From really, our respective piles. Really easy <laughs> to, to locate. Very easy to do. <laughs> so you just go to that pile, see what interests you, what you would like to see that pile, that person open. Right. And you give everybody a gift. So then, Which is kind of fun because if somebody has like a weird shaped package. And you, you want can, to know what it is too. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's completely up to that person. And then we go around and try to guess what's in them. Mm-hmm. And Randy is really good at this. I am really bad at it. Like, really super bad. Right. So before we open the gift, <clears throat> we can, like, now that it's in touch our hands, we can touch it, turn it upside down. Rattle it. Right. <laughs> Hope it's not breakable. Right. <laughs> so then uh, we try to guess at what the gift, what's in the gifts. And then the person playing Santa says, go. And we're allowed to open them so we can see what each other has gotten. Right. Then we set those things aside and the next person plays Santa. So the next person gets to go to each pile, get one gift per person, and we do it all over again until the gifts are gone. And it's a lot of fun because we have found that this way you can see what everyone else got too. And it's a more a family experience versus Mm -hmm. running down... Ripping a bunch of paper well, off. And you get to you get to take more time to do it. You get to interact like, talk and... more as a family. I will say right. you need to be forewarned. This could take a while. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if but, this is your tradition, it is a much longer tradition than just letting the kids loose. It is, but we did this since we were younger, which yes. is interesting. This isn't just like an adult thing. No. I remember looking at home videos of maybe when I was like six or seven and I remember right. saying we didn't do this last year and I think I remember you dad saying oh this is something that yeah we did this last year this is just something that we do playing right. Santa right because at our other family's homes like when we go to, to my dad's house or to your mom's house yeah, it's we not don't. like that you no. kind of open the gifts as as they come to you right right. so and you look around when you can right right, <laughs> right. so it's more and yeah, say you, thank you to aunts and uncles and you may and, see, after everyone's opened them, you may go and see what somebody else got, right? right? So it's right. not during the process. I've tried to get my dad to do the one at <laughs> a time, but with so many people, I oh mean, my goodness. 20, yeah. 20 plus people in the room, yeah. uh, like, it would really take probably 16 hours to get It would be crazy. There's 15 yeah. grandkids. Some of the grandkids are married. Right. There's not everybody comes at the same time, but a lot time. of people do. Yeah. Like, it would be nuts to try to watch, there's see what everybody does. There's usually uh, about five jammed into a doorway <laughs> right there's two doorways yeah. five are jammed in each of them the rest are on couches and floors right, right. and there's, seat there's chairs and piles floors of gifts are accumulating outside of the room proper which has its own fun tradition that's right, right. that's right, right. Yeah. someone is sitting at the steps yes. on the other side of the wall right. that's right <laughs> and it's like where's uncle david oh this is for him and then you kind of Take it, pass it down. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Right. So that's its own fun Mm -hmm. thing if you have a lot of people. As we play Santa, every, I don't know, every four or five times we'll stop and get a big black bag and put all the paper and ribbon in Mm -hmm. the tissue paper in the black bag and fold up the boxes 
before going on. Right. Other, otherwise, at the very end, you have this ginormous pile. Yeah, in and the we do of the have some run. in the middle for the cats because the cats like well, to run. Of course, <laughs> like to run in and play underneath the tissue paper. paper. Right. They love tissue paper. And I will say, we do have stockings for the cats, although they do not deserve it from Santa. <laughs> they do. Santa is very generous to our cats. Santa is very generous. He's a very kind man. He yes. loves cats clearly. So the important thing is to decide what traditions will work for your family. To not be rigid and to enjoy your Christmas day and enjoy your family. That's right. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Those are very fun segments. Next week will be our last Christmas podcast for this year, believe it or not. Wow. Um, And then we'll move on to New Year's from then. Uh, So just remember that you can follow us on social media. At Twitter, we are at holiday underscore moons. On Instagram, it's at holiday moons. Our Facebook group page is uh, Holiday Moons as well. You can find that by searching on Facebook.com. And you can visit us online at randallmoon.wixsite.com slash holidaymoons. And we appreciate your uh, listening to our podcast again. And for Randy, Cole, Sydney, and Beth. (laughs) Happy 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 holidays. Merry Christmas.